Bibles, would you open them to Philippians in the New Testament, chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. I want to try to teach a little bit and preach a little bit. And when I start teaching, I start preaching because I get so excited about what the Bible is teaching us. Praise God. Hallelujah. In South Carolina, in the La Quinta Inn, God spoke to my heart. And I had listened to every preacher that I could possibly listen to. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. I had read the Scriptures. I had rebuked the devil. I had believed God. I had bound spirits. I had done everything I knew to do to get free from what I was experiencing. I don't know if anyone in here has ever went through nervous exhaustion. I know some have to a degree and went through anxiety attacks and things of that nature. Not only was I going through something that I was wondering why God was allowing it, but I was going through something that I was disappointed in myself for not handling it correctly. Because I preached and I taught on how to handle those situations when they come. But I had never been through that, that deep valley on my own. And one of the easiest things to do is dispense Scripture to people. I used to have a, a caricature of a little little statuette of a, a man standing with two tables, obviously uh, Moses, you know, a guy standing in, the, in his robe with two tables of stone. And down at the bottom it said, take two tablets and call me in the morning. Amen. Amen. I mean, everything was, you know, I could tell you what the Bible said to do. And I could dispense Scripture. I could give you Scripture for whatever you were facing. And, and I could encourage you to rise, take up thy bed and walk, and, and praise God in the valley. And I could just give you all I could dispense, like a Pez. They could have made one of those, you know, the Pez dispenser. You, anybody remember Pez? I'm not the only old guy that's from the old school that remembers the, the little thing you pump, pump the neck, and out comes this little bitty sweet thingy, sweet whatever flavor. I was, a, I was a scripture dispenser. <laughs> Amen. And so I just dispensed scripture, and, and that's the thing to do. Pastors teach, and, and, but I hadn't been through that valley. And, and everything to me was just simple. You just believe God. You just, you just stand upon the word. You just bind the devil. You got it made in the shade with lemonade. Amen. It was so simplistic. I knew how to minister the word. Of God to people. But I wasn't. And the power. Even the power of God. There was an anointing to pray. Many times we prayed and people just swooned under such an. There was such a strong anointing. People just swooned under the power of God. I didn't work that up. I didn't do that. And I purposely tried to touch people gently. Because I've seen people when they pray keep pushing. And I'm saying, are you going to do this or is God going to do this? Amen. You, you don't push. Just, just let God be God. And by the way, you don't have to fall down or fall out. Just, just, just keep looking to Him. Just keep looking to Him. But I wasn't ministering necessarily Christ to people. I was ministering the Word and the power and not necessarily the person as He wanted me to. But I'm going to tell you something about those deep, dark valleys where you get to know Him like you could never know Him in any other experience. There's no mountaintop, revolutionary, revelationary experience of God that I've ever had that has made me as close to Him 
as walking with him through that valley and finding out just how faithful he is and how gracious he is. I wanted to come to the place that Paul was without going through the valley to get there. Amen? And as I examined the life of Paul, I found out I couldn't come to the place that Paul was in his faith without going through the valley to get there. No one can. No one can come to where he was unless you come to an end of yourself. And that's why we're teaching on the radio and I've titled this message, Sufficient in Christ Sufficiency. All sufficient in Christ Sufficiency. And listen to what it says. This is what Paul said. This is where I wanted to be. This is where I wanted to live all the time without going through the valley. Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 11, 12 and 13, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Everybody say learned. That's through personal experience. That's not sitting in a Bible study with a, with a, you know, with a book in your hand going step by step. This, this school of the Spirit has to be brought into our life experience. For I have learned, not, not that I respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, to, to abound and to suffer need. I can do. All things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And when I see strengtheneth as a Pentecostal through and through, I think of power. Power. You receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses unto me. Power. That word is charismata in the Greek. Charisma. And it's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's talking about miracle working ability. Dunamis. We used to use the analogy in the old days of dynamite. Well, that's such a small... (laughs) That can't compare with God's power released. Amen. Or dynamo, dunamis. Miracle working ability. Listen, I could lay hands on someone to be set free and the power of God would flow. But I was in a valley. I went to PTL when it was, you know, pure, at least looked pure. And I went because they had a couple that had the gift of healing and miracles and they were praying for people. And I was sitting in the audience and I thought, I I don't want nobody to know I'm a preacher. I don't want nobody to know I need deliverance. I, I I want to get in line. I want someone to call me up and call me out and lay hands on me. It's not my brother, my sister, it's me, O oh Lord, that's standing in the need of prayer. And this couple was preaching and they pointed at me. The husband, he pointed at me. And he said, that man right there, he said, the glory of God is all over him. <laughs> I thought, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Hallelujah. This is what I've been waiting for. They're going to lay hands on me. I'm going to get delivered right here and now. I'm going to come back to Tampa with a testimony. And I'm going to lay hands on everything that moves. Amen. Everybody that's sick. Everybody that's in me. Bring your cats, your dogs, your parakeet down. Amen. We're going to have a Holy Ghost time and revival. I want to get back down to the business that I wanted to get down to without going through the valley. So they said... They started praying for people. People started going down to line up. And they said, come on down. And I came down. I said, all right. And I got at the back of the line. They said, no, come over here. So I came over there. Stood right behind the person they're praying for. I said, they're moving me to the front of the line. I know I'm going to get blessed now. God done called me out, put me in the front of the healing line, the deliverance line. Tonight is my night. And you know what they put me doing? Catching all the people that were falling out under God's power. And I thought, well, I'm going to catch all these people. They got another guy with me, catching people, catching people, catch. I caught people all night long. Till they were done praying for people. And then I stood up there like. <laughs> closed my eyes. Said bring it on. And guess what? They left the platform. <laughs> and I went back to, my, back to my motel room. And it was back to me and Jesus again. I went to a morning service after that. A morning service. And I'm sitting out there and, and they had a young young black man. And he had such a testimony. He was the soloist that sang before they started the broadcast. What a testimony he had. He, because his wife, he had been married. She was 23 years old. They had only been married for about two years. She was standing, doing the dishes after supper. Had an aneurysm and dropped dead. And he questioned God. And he, uh, like anyone, like any normal human being would do, he questioned God. Why? And he couldn't find the answer. And his faith was shaking. But the grace of God and the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God wrapped him up. And he kept his faith. And when he sang, he sang from somebody that had been through that valley and discovered God's faithfulness in the midst of that valley. And His singing touched you. It wasn't just trying to hit that high note and and strike that emotional chord, but it was something coming from an experience in His life. And people that had been through the fire... When they sing, they sing from personal experience. And not just from the head, they sing it from the heart. And he began to sing and I thought, Lord, he, he's got a testimony. He's been through the valley. I'm going through the valley. I'm going to just lock in on him. And he locked in on me. And through that service, through that service, he sang. My soul began to soar as I began to worship God in spite of the circumstances. Hallelujah. And and it got over. They did the whole TV broadcast. They let the TV audience out of the studio. It's still raining, by the way. It's still gray outside. It's still cold. And I, I'm, I have an umbrella. And I'm going to my car. And I get to my car door. And a young lady came running to catch me. Came running to catch me. And she had an umbrella. And she came up and said, Sir, I don't, I, I, I don't want to disturb you, but... The man that just sang, he said, go tell him this for me. I said, what? She said, when he was singing, 
said normally with all the lights and the people counting down and the people are unsettled yet they're broadcasting Jim Baker hadn't come out nor anybody celebrity and he said so when I sing I try to focus on somebody that that I can connect with and sing that song and look at someone I can connect with and said you were such a blessing today and I thought oh Lord thank you for that I appreciate that but I want to touch from you you ain't seen what a blessing I can be until you touch me and deliver me can you say man (laughs) hallelujah I wanted to get to where Paul was I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me my focus was on his power by the Holy Spirit not his person and he wanted me to get to know the person the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want Yea, though I walk, it's all about a person. That peace and that faith for that valley is all about a person. It comes from the knowledge of a person, intimacy with a person, trust in a person. In the New Testament, faith is, is many times defined by people who didn't, really don't know the person very well as a force. It almost gets into the Star Wars genre. You know, the force be with you. Amen. Well, the force of faith is really a farce, biblically. Because it's not a force within you. It's a person. It's a person. It's a person. It's a person. I know the Bible said now faith is, in Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's a little misleading because it means when faith is already in you, this is what faith looks like and this is what faith does. It's not telling you what the essence of faith is. It's telling you when it's there, when it's ready to be activated, this is what it is. It is what it is. And it is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. And the things which are seen, everything in the material world was not made by anything that we can see. Amen. The tangible world that we live in was made by an intangible Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That cannot be seen but is more real than all of the things that we see in this physical world praise God and God wanted me to know him he can be known hallelujah while we walk by by sight we walk by faith and not by sight that kind of faith in a person the New Testament word is faith the Old Testament equivalent to help you understand New Testament faith is trust When I say faith, most of you think of a force within you. And so you have faith in your faith when you feel that very high. When I say trust, you do not think of a force within you. Because trust has to do with a person that you've come to know well enough that you can put your confidence in. Can you say amen? And that's why faith in your faith will shake. But faith... In his faithfulness is unshakable. Why? Because once you get to know his person, they that do know their God, they that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Can you say, man? They that do what? Know their God. So the Bible said, don't let the rich man glory in his riches. Don't let the 
Don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let's have a gun show right here. Amen. He goes to the gym, so he, I make him wear sleeves down to the elbow. I don't want to be intimidated or jealous either. Amen. But but a few years back, me and you could have a gun show, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. Get arrested going down the highway for having two big guns in his car. Can you say amen? Let not the strong man glory in his might. We all listen. Most of us want to be so strong in the Lord, but it's not strong. Listen, it's strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Not your might, not my might. But only in the Lord. And no one is going to be strong in the Lord while you have sufficiency within yourself. And that's why the Apostle Paul said after he went through the valley to get to this place of I can do all things, which means I am equal to anything. Amen. Whatever comes, I'm equal to it. Whatever the devil does, I'm I'm equal to that. Whatever trial, whatever test, whatever valley that I go through, I'm equal to that. I am, I'm able to stand and to withstand. And he proved it in his life. Can you say amen? And people looked at, looked at him as a paragon of spiritual power and strength. And he wanted to let them know you can't get here by being strong in yourself. So he said, not that we are sufficient as of anything of ourselves. For our sufficiency is of the Lord. Can you say amen? I want you to say that again. Our sufficiency, Our sufficiency is of the Lord. Matthew Henry commented this way. He said, Christ, which strengtheneth me, denotes a present and continued act. Not a one-time event, but a continual day-to-day, moment-to-moment. The Amplified, I like it. He said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through Him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Not self-confident in myself. See, when you have faith in your faith, you have confidence in your ability to stand, your ability to stand on the Word, your ability, your authority. As a believer, you've got authority over all the power of the devil. But you can't just bind devils so that you won't have any troubles. It's like going down to Dairy Queen and saying, Give me a, a double banana split and a milkshake on the side. And when they bring you the milkshake and the double banana spit, double ice cream, do you want nuts on that? Absolutely. How about a cherry? Listen, you've gone this far, go all out. Can you say amen? Do you want the cherry on the top? Put two cherries on the top. You want nuts on that? Absolutely. And then give thanks for it. Say, Father, I thank you for this double banana split and this large milkshake. And in the name of Jesus, I pray you'll take all the calories out of it. <laughs> amen. You can't pray the calories out of that. <laughs> amen. It doesn't work that way. And you can't just use your authority, amen, that, that you have in Christ to avoid the valleys. You can't do it. We'd love to do it. I'd love to do it. I wish I could just, just take authority over what was... Listen, I, I wanted that t-shirt that had a big green frog and it wasn't Kermit. It was bigger, meaner looking frog. 
Amen. And, and it had a big green frog on it and said, I wish I was a frog so I could eat what bugs me. Amen. I wish I was strong like Paul. I wish I could say, I can do, I can do, I can do, I can do, instead of I need, I need, I need, I need help. But you can't get to that place without going through a valley. Paul didn't get there by just studying the Scripture and building his faith. Paul got there by coming to an end of himself. The first end of himself took place when he wrote to the church at Corinth. And he said, I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. One lady quoted this wrong because she was a widow. Two men of the church who were also widowed wanted to court her. She just didn't want to marry again. Kind of like my wife. You know, if I should precede her. Because they'll never find anybody like me. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. No, there's nobody like No, I don't mean I'm better than anybody. There's just nobody else like me. They threw the mold away. And so she got tired of it. And she said, there are two brethren in this church I have a scripture for during testimony time. And she stood up and, and she quoted it wrong. She said, I would not have you ignorant brethren. <laughs> the actual scripture said, I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. I don't want to keep you in the dark. I'm going to be forthright. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to tell you the truth about my walk with God. I want you to know, he said, the trouble that we experienced in Asia. How we were pressed. We, the Apostle Paul, 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. A man that was caught up into third heaven and saw things he wasn't able to utter. A man who got his, his knowledge by revelation from God. He said, for the first three years I was a Christian, I didn't spend time with any of the other apostles except for three days that Peter came to stay with me or I went to stay with him. Can you say man? He had direct revelation from the Lord. He was lifted up. He said, whether in the body or out, I can't tell you, but I went up into third heaven. Brother Bimble, where's third heaven? Let me put it to you this way. There's the heavens we can see. And there's the universe beyond that that we can't see. And somewhere beyond that, amen, there's a planet and there's a place. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A heaven that, that they, they're never going to be able to get a rocket ship to. A satellite to. A spaceship to. There's a place up there. Somewhere. Amen. It's going to come down here according to the book of Revelation one day. But right now it's up there. And Paul said, I went past this heaven. And I went past what? See, the, the, the universe beyond this heaven. And I went to a third heaven. And I, I was in the presence of God in a place called heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what he said? He said, regardless of that experience, regardless of all of this revelation. By the way. He said there was such trouble in Asia that we were pressed beyond measure and despaired, place a Christian should never be, despaired of life itself. And here's the lesson that only going through the valley can teach, that we might learn 
not to trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Can you say, man, he learned before he could say, I can do all things. He had to come to an end of himself. Speaking of those revelations, when he was began to get such revelation from God, how many know our flesh has trouble handling being lifted up? Amen. We do. You see it all the time. Man gets a, gets a, a, a they gave him a lapel pin for being the most humble in the church audience. He was the humblest man in the whole group. And they went in together and bought him a lapel pin that said most humble. And gave it to him with honor for being so very humble. He wore it to church the next Sunday and they took it away from him. Can you say amen? You can be proud of your humility. You can be proud of your humility. I'm so humble. Amen. The gifts of the Spirit can make you proud if you're not careful. They wanted to the focus to be on them and the legitimate gifts of the Spirit were being abused and misused because one would prophesy and the other said, the spotlight's on her. I want to prophesy over top of her. And Paul said, wait a minute. God's not the author of confusion but of peace. All these gifts is to build up the body, not to build you up. Can you say man? And he had to put, listen, he, he said, though I speak in tongues more than any of you, I'd rather, though I speak 10,000 words in another tongue, when someone comes in that's unlearned, I'd rather speak five words of wisdom. Why? Then they can get saved. They can get a hold of God's truth. We're not just here to have a good time and the liver shiver. I love the presence of the Lord, but it's the Word of God that faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Amen. If you continue in my Word, Jesus said, you'll know the truth personally and experientially, and the truth will make you free. Glory to God. I'm glad for God's unshakable truth that will outlast this world. Heaven and earth will pass away. My Word will abide forevermore. You don't get to, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me, just focusing on the power of of the Holy Spirit. You'll receive power to be witnesses unto Christ. I'm talking about power to go through the valley. Strength for the valley. My dad used to sing. There is peace in the valley for me. Someday. Someday. See, it was always someday. Won't it be wonderful? There. Having no burdens to bear. Walking and talking with Christ the supernal one. Won't it be wonderful there? Here's a news flash. We're not there yet. And what I'm telling you that we need here, we won't need when we get there. We won't have these faulty bodies. We won't be living in a faulty world. We won't have no devil to bother us anymore. Praise God. But boy, we need some help down here. And that's why David said in Psalm 27 and verse 13, I had fainted, literally been crushed by the trials and tests, responsibilities, hurts and setbacks of life. I had been crushed unless I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want to report to you today that God is not dead. And He is not in competition with all of the false gods. He is not a man-made God. He's the God who made man. Can you say man? And there's a vast difference. Amen. And there's supposed to be more going on in church than just the study of the Scripture. 
Amen. God Himself is in the midst of those who gather in His name. And He's in the midst for a peculiar, particular purpose. If two or more of you come together in My name, there am I. In the midst of them. You know what that means today? It's not just that you're here and I'm here and that we have a book called the Bible. Amen. The book called the Bible that's God's inerrant word is telling us that when we gather in His name. And I, I'm going to tell you, my name doesn't hold the weight. Your name doesn't hold the weight. Your denominational name doesn't hold the weight. Jesus' name is the one that carries the weight and the authority. Can you say man? And when two or more of you gather together... In my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if two of you on earth shall agree, what's he here to do? What's he here to do? Remember the song? It's a sentimental song. I still like it. It's not biblical like I see it. But standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. He's the only one. Cares and understanding somewhere. He's, he's not close to us. He's not near us. He's not with us. He's somewhere. You know, remember that silly song? God is watching us. God is watching us. God is watching us. She sang it so well, didn't she? From a distance. We look like a bunch of little ants running around. No, God is an up close, here now God. He's not watching us from a distance. He came down. He came down. Thank God He came down in Christ. Hallelujah. And He came back in the Holy Spirit. And He's in this room and He's in me. And if you're a Christian, He's in you. And if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead indwell you, He will quicken your mortal body by that same Spirit. That's not when Jesus comes. That's here. That's now. That's called revival. Quicken means to give life. Give life. Give life. Somebody said 12 noon is when the church gives up its dead. Started at 11 o'clock. Sharp. It ends at 12 o'clock. Dull. We go out unchanged and unchallenged. Broken and beaten and battered and beleaguered. Oh, hallelujah. How can we come into the presence of a God who said, Amen, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me and walk out like we walked in. Can you say, man? How can we call? How can we come into the presence of a God who said, if two or more of you gather together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And if any two of you shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be given them of my Father which is in heaven. Can you say, man? I said it last week. I'm going to say it before I quit today. I love the way God talks. How can you not have faith when God speaks? He doesn't mince words. You say, Brother Venable, I don't believe it. That's not the point. You don't have to believe what He said for it to be true. He watches over His Word to confirm it. He's not going to meet with a committee. Pastor's son, seven years old, first time he'd ever been to a zoo. He went to a zoo. He had never seen a giraffe. He saw a giraffe. He's got short legs. 
He's got a neck so long and a head so little. He looked at the giraffe. He looked back at his daddy. He said, Daddy, must have been the work of a committee. Man gets together and makes decisions. You say, yes, that's what I believe. No, God's word is either true or it's false. Christ is who he said he was or the biggest fraud and liar in the universe. And we shouldn't be messing around the Bible, messing around no church, messing around no cross. But if God's word is true, we ought to be standing on it. We ought to be receiving it. Can you say, man, I'm so glad when I was dying of leukemia that my mom and daddy decided to take me to church. They took me first to the doctor when I was dying of leukemia. And the doctor said, because we had no insurance, he said, well, keep him comfortable. And you know what my ears perked up to? I didn't know what leukemia was. I just knew I was weak. I just knew that I was not able to play with Poncho, my dog. I come home from school and lay on the couch all day and all night just to have enough energy to go to school one more day. Stay inside on the couch most of the time. So the doctor said after they quit treating me for, for anemia and they really got down to business trying to find out what was going on, then they found out I had cancer of the blood or leukemia. And I'm so glad when the doctor gave up on me that my parents didn't give up on me. And I'm glad the God who said that when two or more are in my, gathered in my name, there am I. I'm so glad he's a man of his word. I'm so glad that coming into the presence of God can change everything in your life. I'm so glad that the name of Jesus still holds authority and power. I'm glad it's not a benign name. I'm glad that, separate, that Christianity is not separated from other world religions by, by simply we have a book. They got a book. Our God has risen. Our Christ has risen. There's no pilgrimage to see His bones. There's no pilgrimage to see His grave. Amen. People go to Jerusalem to see a tomb that may or may not have been the tomb of Christ. No one can say it for certainty, but it's good to know it was similar to wherever they went and it could possibly be. But I'm going to tell you something. God never used as a witness to the world an empty tomb in Jerusalem. God's Word never put the focus on that to convince the world. In fact, He used something entirely different. The apostles were threatened with death for continuing to preach and teach in Jesus' name. And you know why? They would have already killed them. But a lame man that sat at the gate beautiful begging, as Peter and John went by, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. And taking him by the hand and lifting him up, said, In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That man received his healing, and it was called a notable miracle. The Bible said it was notable. You know what the difference is? There's a lot of things that can be explained away. But everybody in that town knew that he was lame from his mama's womb. Amen. He didn't go through therapy. He didn't go through something to try to get him back on his feet. He never had walked. Never in his life had he walked. The muscles were atrophied. Even if he was healed of whatever paralyzed him, the muscles were atrophied. Amen. But what happened immediately? He went into the temple running and leaping and praising God. 
Amen. And they got real angry because dead religion is convicted. Dead religion. Dead religion. Jesus found a dead religious system based on a truth, but it was dead. There was no love in it. There was no power in it. They wanted to stone you. It's full of self-righteous dead men walking. I'm so glad that there was a church that didn't just sing God's not dead, but where there was a manifest presence. And I'm so glad when my mama took me down for prayer. Amen. She didn't get a chance to tell. This was an uneducated man from South Texas somewhere. He was more of a cowboy looking guy than a preacher. He wore cowboy boots instead of Stacy Adams' shoes. Amen. <laughs> but the hand of the Lord was upon him. She broke, took me by the hand. First time I ever experienced God's power, I felt my feet tingling. You say, well, you were under stress. Listen, listen, I got healed of cancer. You call it whatever you want to. Amen. Yeah, I was under, I never experienced God's power. It was different. There was no stress in it. There was peace and love in it. Hallelujah. As we got closer to where they were going to pray for me, it came all the way up my, my, to my waist. I felt like from the waist down, I was just tingly all over. As I got closer, I was third in line. It was up to my neck. You know, there's a scripture about the, the Spirit of God and God's flowing. It said there was waters. The prophet said there was waters. said, I decided to test those waters. I walked out and they were ankle deep. I went a little further and it got knee deep. I went a little further and it got waist deep. Some of you need to go a little further than just practicing your religion on Sunday morning. I went a little further and it was chest deep. I got out a little further and it was neck deep. See, once you start out and find out there's more, there ain't no turning back toward the bank. You just want some more. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I want some more. If there's more, I want some more. Can you say amen? He said, in fact, I stepped off and the bottom fell out. And there was no bottom. And I had to swim. Hallelujah. Praise God that there was waters to swim in. Woo! There is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God. When I was laying up in the hospital, Brother Taylor came. You came. Mike came. Somebody else. You came. That's right. You came. I think Terry may have come. But anyway, you all came at one time. And you didn't know what you was going to find because I had a major stroke. And I'm laying up in there. And the guys gathered around. And Brother Taylor began to read from the Scripture. He read from the Psalm. And there was a portion of the Psalm that said, There is a river. The streams thereof make glad the city of God. And I thought, boy, that river is flowing all over me. It flowed to me when I was in the back of the meat wagon. <laughs> Amen. Because when you have a stroke and you're paralyzed, you're like a dead piece of meat. Can you Honestly, I felt like hamburger in there. I didn't feel like a man. I couldn't talk. I couldn't lift my arms. I couldn't hardly breathe. I couldn't lift my legs. I couldn't wiggle my toes. My face on this side had, had drooped down because the muscles were paralyzed. Listen to me. I thought, boy, my next breath, I'm going to be in heaven. But God is with me. God is real. This is not something in my head. This is something in my heart. This is not something I believe by just pure faith. This is something that's happening to 
me. God is with me. He's wrapped me up in His grace. He's wrapped me up in His love. I'm at the end of myself. I'm helpless, but I'm not hopeless. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And when His... Because of the cross and the grace and the mercy that flows from it. Not only can you come behind the veil and come into my presence. But I can come from behind the veil and come to you wherever you are. And keep my promise to never leave you. Saith the Lord. What is church to you? What has church become? What is it? Is it the program? Is it the choir? Is your mind already because the way you've been conditioned is your mind? Somebody may need a miracle here. If you were dying of cancer here, you wouldn't be thinking about the Golden Corral right now. You wouldn't be looking at your Timex right now. Would you? No. You'd be desperate for God. And until the church and Christians get desperate for God, you're not going to find Him in all of the trappings of the Christian faith without the presence of God. You will find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. With all of your heart. The whole of your being. Dead Christianity is just that. And that's what Jesus found was a dead religious system. And that dead religious system was jealous of him because he brought the reality of a living, loving, listening, lifting God to them. Can you say man? And they would have stoned the apostles to death for a lame man walking in the name of Jesus. But they feared the people because they could not deny that a notable miracle had been wrought in the name of Jesus. Can you say man? And they threatened them with death itself. They said, you quit it or, or we're going to kill you. And in Acts chapter 4, they said, Lord, behold their threatenings. Behold what, what Herod has done. Behold what Pilate has done. Behold what they want done. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. When you frown at me, it makes me bear down on it. Can you say man? It may work on your preacher, but it don't work on me. It may work in your church. Maybe you can shut him down, but you can't shut me down this morning. I won't, I won't walk into that deadness with needs in my life. I need a living God. I need a listening God. I need a lifting God. I need a Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I need my prayers answered. Hallelujah. And I'm almost 70. 42 years as a pastor. And I know all the games people play. Amen. And we're in the last of the last days. And the days of playing games with God are over. They're coming to an end, Brother Taylor. We need to be desperate for Him. And dependent upon Him. He's faithful today. He's gracious today. The Bible said, and they prayed... 
They said, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word. Don't back up on what God has said. Don't let the standard down. Don't look at the people's faces. What a mistake. Jeremiah had the word of God given to him. And the first thing that God told him was, when you bring it to my people, don't look to see if they're receiving it or not. You're not here to please the people. You're here to bring and proclaim my truth to them. Can you say amen? We've got too many people pleasers in the pulpit that don't want to offend anybody. You know what Jesus said? Blessed is he that's not offended in me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Listen to me carefully. Sister Ruth, I've come too far. Been through too much. Been brought out of things that nobody in this room can help me with. You can't give enough money to heal me of cancer. But God did it. Can you say amen? You can't give enough money to raise me up in three days from a stroke that left me paralyzed. Amen. But God did it. And when Brother Taylor got to that part of the psalm that said there is a river. Is it Psalm 37? It's somewhere in there. 46. Amen. God is our refuge, our strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the mountains be removed and cast into the midst of the sea. For there is a river, the streams thereof make glad the city of God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When he hit that part of that psalm, it came to my mind, amen, that, that when Israel, that song was written, when Israel was surrounded by an enemy set on their destruction. That was the context of Psalm 46. <laughs> and what they had done, they had besieged the city, cut off their water supply. It got so bad when one city was, was besieged like that, they were drinking their own urine. According to the scripture, they thought they had them in that condition. We've got them surrounded. There's no way out and there's no way for water to get in. And what they didn't know was that years before they had prepared to be besieged. <laughs> Praise God. They had, there was a, a well outside the city and they dug a ditch and through a clay pipe, they had piped the water from that artesian well into the city but it was underground and nobody knew it but them and so while the enemy was outside waiting for them to dry up and dehydrate and open the gates and be killed <laughs> they were going down to a pool of water that was cool and refreshing and drinking every day can you say man there is a river when you're besieged, it's more important and precious than ever. Amen. The streams thereof do what? They make glad the city of God. They were rejoicing inside those walls. Don't you know that bothers the enemy? To hear praise and thanksgiving inside the walls of a besieged city because God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. God is so gracious and God is so good today. Hallelujah. 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 And here's what else they prayed, and I'm closing with this. Grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal. 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 And that signs 
and wonders occur in the mighty, they put it this way, in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed that prayer, the place wherein they were gathered was shaken. It was, sh- it was shaken. Hallelujah. At the Wales Revival, the revival also that occurred in the Hesperides, a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. A few people kept praying and kept praying and kept praying and kept praying for it to come. They were not satisfied with what man could produce. They know without a move of God, there's be no revival. We have a building fund. We can build this. We'll have money come in. We can do that. But without God moving, there will be no revival. And they prayed. And on one of the accounts before the revival broke, while they were praying, they had just had tea before their prayer meeting. And the place began to shudder under the power of God. And the teacups began to dance around because of the shaking. And you could hear that clatter of teaspoons and teacups on saucers. And it wasn't long after that until the power of God burst forth in mighty Holy Spirit revival. Hallelujah. And without that, guess what? You know what the threat is today? The threat today is not just that I'm going to be killed. I could be. And a lot of people would love to see me that way. The devil, I'm sure, would love it. Amen. But I'm still here because God is still on the throne. And He wants you to hear that He's the same today. Amen. We need this move of God today. We need it in the church of Jesus Christ today. We need more than man's wisdom. We need the demonstration of spirit and power back again. Lest Christianity be regulated to just one of the many world religions. What distinguished... Amen. What distinguished our God from the prophets of Baal? Amen. When fire came out of heaven, can you say amen and consume the sacrifice? What, what, how did God confirm Jesus when John said, is this he or should we look for another? How did he confirm him? He said, go tell him that the deaf hear. Go tell him that the blind see. Go tell him that the lame walk. Can you say amen? We're not going to go into some deep theological argument. Go tell him that God is manifesting himself through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. And he'll know who I am. Can you say amen? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Never a man spake like this man. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And when they had prayed, the place wherein they gathered was shaken. And with great power gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Can you say amen? And when they called them once again and said, by what authority did you heal that man? They said, remember the man that you put on the cross? The man that you put in a sealed tomb and put a guard on? The man who God raised from the dead. There it is. Whom God raised from the dead through faith in His name. This man has His perfect soundness before you all. With great power gave the apostles witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God.
How many has been born again today? You're a living, breathing testimony to the power of God manifest. Because you can't do that yourself. That's a work of the Holy Spirit within you. And it's already, it's already worked within us today. Amen. It's time for me to quit. It's really past time. But God is so good and gracious here today. I don't eat a meal. Because I want to see the hand of Lord moving. I don't want to sit in a church and die before my time. Because there's no manifest presence of God. You may choose to do that. I don't want to. I do not want to be entertained. I want to be enlightened. I want to be challenged. I want to be changed. And if God hadn't come through with the leukemia, I would have never seen my ninth birthday. According to the doctor, doctors have a real problem, men of science, with miracles. So he had to put down on my chart spontaneous they told about going to church and about prayer being offered and about god healing me you know what he put down on the chart spontaneous remission i like spontaneous remission after prayer they could say anything they want it was there but it's gone we don't know why it went we don't know where it went but we know one thing for sure it ain't there no more can you say man <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. I'll take spontaneous remission. I'll rejoice. And listen, every day that I live, my son had two light strokes. <laughs> He's had two little bitty ones. And he can't mow his own yard. And he looks out the window and sees his daddy out mowing the yard in 100 degrees with the humidity. And he said, Dad, I feel so bad. I said, you, you don't have to feel bad. You can feel better. Amen? I said, but man, you've got to get under the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. I said, I'm not out here saying, oh, Lord, I'm getting so old and i got to mow my own yard. No, I'm out here saying, look, look what God has done. I'm celebrating healing. I'm celebrating health. I haven't missed a service in 41 and a half years. I haven't called. I'm not bragging on me. I'm telling you, God is faithful. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I've been married 52 years. Amen. The devil's done everything he can to tear it down. But my wife was hugging on me and loving me this morning and looking in my eyes and woo! Oh, hallelujah. Amen. There's still what? Fire? Where's the fire? Don't even go there. Stay sanctified. Sean is not here. We got past Sean. Just because there's snow on the roof. Just because there's some snow on the roof. Yeah, I know what you're thinking too. Lord, help us today. Glory to God. Amen. To be married 52 years and be still in love with one another because we're loving each other with the love of Christ. 
Hallelujah. The love of Jesus is stronger than any emotional love that can possibly come forth. Can you say amen? I love to brag on God. I told my son, I said, every time I get out there and mow, and I'm not supposed to be alive, and I'm not supposed to be able to walk, and I'm not supposed to be able to talk, but I'm able to go out there and mow, amen, it's because God is faithful. It's because grace flows from His eternal throne to me. I'm a trophy of His grace, a product of His grace and His love and His faithfulness. Can you say amen? People want to know if I have the gift of faith. And maybe for certain things it may kick in. But when I was down in that deep valley, there was no gift of faith kicking in. It was a faith that everyone in this room can acquire. A faith that everyone in this room can attain. It was faith in His faithfulness. Can you say amen? Faith in His faithfulness. Faith in His faithfulness. And it's a faith that will never, ever fail. Because His mercies are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So I love to celebrate His faithfulness. There are some of you today that are going through a deep, dark valley. Some of you don't know what to expect from the Lord. Some of you have never been around the person enough to get intimate enough with Him to, number one, begin to fall in love with Him. And number two, begin to trust Him exclusively and unconditionally. But God is calling you to that place with Him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's the door of a church. Before we get to the heart of the lost and dying world, He knocks on the door of the church. Revival doesn't start with sinners getting saved. Revival starts with Christians getting right. Can you say amen? When Christians embrace the message of repentance. When Christians get hungry to know God. Hungrier than you are to feed your belly. Hungrier than you are for your recreational things. So hungry that you'd rather be in God's house and hear His Word than you'd be in the best theme park in America. Hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Hallelujah. God wants you to know Him enough to trust Him. And He wants to help you. He's no respecter of persons. You're in a church that when we pray, we expect God to show up and God to show out. Now, for the sake of you that don't know what that's about, I'm going to tell just you two real quickly. I worked with a man whose wife went into the hospital and she kept going down and down and down down. Some kind of infection either in the blood or in the body. They couldn't figure it out. They just couldn't figure it out. But it kept taking her down and down and down. They gave up. They tested for everything. They couldn't find what to treat. They tried all kinds of different antibodies. Nothing worked. Fever high, going down, 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 down. Her family came in to say their goodbyes. They gathered around her bed and they all did their, you know, their... And the churches prayed, help her Jesus, help her Jesus. And, but her husband, he went a little deeper. He didn't want to lose his wife. He said, Pastor Venable, he said... 
I told the family, when you're, when you're done, would you leave me alone with my wife? I told the nurse, if the, you don't have to come in for the next 30 minutes, would you leave me alone with my wife? I want to be alone with my wife. When Jesus went to heal Jairus' daughter, they laughed him to scorn. Because Jesus wasn't limited by what man says is possible or impossible. He was God incarnate. He said, get everybody in here that don't believe out of this room. Amen? Get them out of here. So he didn't do it in a bad way. He just said, I need 30 minutes without the doctors who don't believe and without the family who just half believe already preparing her funeral. Leave me alone with my wife and God. Let it be between not me and them, but let it between me and Him. Can you say amen? Said my wife was in a deep sleep. Said I didn't try to wake her up. He said I went to the side of her bed. I got down on my knees. And I said, Lord, I believe you're faithful. I believe your word is true. And right now I'm claiming your promise to help us. Your promise to heal in the name of Jesus. And Lord, no matter what happens from this moment forward, I'm believing that you are going to have your way and you are going to keep your word. He said, Pastor Venable, it was about 20 minutes into that prayer that I felt the peace of God come. And that room come all in my heart. And I just began to praise Him. I just began to thank Him. And He said, you know what happened? And I love the way He put it. I've been quoting it ever since. He said, God showed up and then God showed out. Can you say man? Hallelujah. God showed up and then God showed out. He said, my wife woke up. And she said, honey, I'm thirsty. <laughs> Amen. He got her a glass of water. She said, honey, I'm still thirsty. He got her another glass of water. And then she said what he was wanting to hear. What y'all are right now. Honey, I'm hungry. Well, she probably said hungry, but you know how it is. Can you say amen? I'm hungry. Amen. He said, he went and got a nurse. Said, can you bring her something to eat? Said, wait a minute. You mean she's able to keep something? Yes, she's thirsty. She's hungry. Will you bring her something to eat? They brought her a meal and she ate it, kept it down. He said the next morning, they never found what it was. They don't know what it was. They don't know why it left. We know why it left. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Because God showed up. And God showed out. There's no point in God showing up if He's not going to show out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here today because God is a living God. Christ's name still holds power in three worlds. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God has been faithful to me. Faithful to my wife. Faithful to our family. Glory to God. Would you bow your heads just for a moment as we close? Thank you for coming today. God wants to bring us all to a place where no matter what happens, we can say without reservation, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You can't say that because you have a revelation of the Word. You can't say that because you have an anointing. Because you saw a vision or dreamed a dream. You cannot come to that place 
until you come to an end of yourself. When people looked at this powerful preacher with such gifts and anointing and revelations, he made it very clear we're not sufficient as of any... Why? Why look upon us this way? We're not sufficient of ourself, but our sufficiency is of the Lord. And that sufficiency didn't begin with power. It began with grace. It began with grace. My grace is sufficient. In that case, I can do all things. Through Christ which strengthens me. We're not talking at this point about the power of the Holy Spirit, but the person of the Holy Spirit. The presence of God. Hallelujah. And I want to challenge you today to look to Him in the simplest, most childlike trust. Because when faith is in His faithfulness, you do the light thing. He'll do the heavy lifting. Hallelujah. We simply trust Him. He takes us through the fire over and over and over again. What a precious God we have. What a wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. We're still believing God for the miraculous in lives here today, all over this building. People that we are praying for and interceding for. Praise God. How many want to learn the lesson? of sufficiency today how many will not lean on your anointing that you will quit that stop it and how many will let God take you through the valley so that you can find the sufficiency of his grace and his love hallelujah 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 take courage Jesus is still on the throne today. Let's lift him up just with a praise. Just with a praise. Father, we praise you. Is there anyone here that don't know Christ as your Savior? Anyone in this room? You don't know Jesus and you want to know him. First question. Is there anyone in this room that will say, Pastor, I've known the Lord, but I've drifted away and I want to come back close to him. I need him so desperately in my life. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? I'm drifting. I don't want to keep drifting. I want to come back. Yes, God sees that hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? I don't want to drift away. I want to come back. I want to come back. I want to come back. How many Christians in here want to get closer to God than you are right now? You realize I'm not close as He's calling me to be. And I'm not close as I need to be. And I'm not close as I want to be. But I want God to know that I want to get closer. Hallelujah. Yes, God sees all of these hands. Hallelujah. He's touching lives right here and right now. Let's lift Him up. Let's love Him in this song. And you can leave right now if you need to. Everyone has schedules. Not too many people are used to our schedules. And we have an afterglow where if anyone needs prayer, we pray for them. You're under no obligation to stay. But let's just lift him up.